Welcome to Back to the Point. My name is Migs, and uh, here we are together in person, and we are going to discuss the uh, postmortem of the Sharks in the 2018-2019 uh, season. Uh, how do you feel, Ian? Well, right now, I don't feel that sad because we had a really fun evening <laughs> with our wives and <laughs> us together, but... Uh, it's the moments of silence throughout the day that get you, right? <laughs> There's not much to do, not much to think about. Just in the shower, finish what, washing What could up, have been, right? And then you're just like, the Sharks didn't win. <laughs> yeah. And you just kind of hang your head, but you can't tell the tears from the water from the shower. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that overwhelming fear of, uh, you know, what if we don't sign Eric Carlson and our franchises? Down a negative path afterwards. That's not an overwhelming fear. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty otherwise. But I that mean, would be a podcast for another day, perhaps, right? If, if we feel like if it. If we feel like it. Maybe we'll just get it all done and once. I mean, my short take on that is... Obviously, if you pay like $11 million, first question is, is he $3 million better or more valued by the market than Burns? Like, I think if Burns was up for a new contract, maybe he would be up for 11 as well. But according to our cap structure and our payment structure, I don't think Eric Carlson is $3 million better than Burns. He plays different. So if he gets like 11, I, I won't be happy because it's going to be 11 by 8 or something like that, right? Here, here's the thing, though. It's a matter of perspective because Burns was signed that season after the cup final, which is, what, two, three years ago now. Yeah. The cap has the gone up. And yeah. think about what Since happened Vegas last... was added, and when they got added, it went up to like five. Right. And Seattle's coming in, and it's going to be the same thing. They're going to pay a lot of money. So there's that, but also think about what happened last summer. We were going after John Tavares, and I'm, I just want to preset this by saying that we don't actually know. This is probably speculation, but rumors were the Sharks were willing to pay more than $11 million potentially for John Tavares. No, now, I think that was reported. That's reported, right? Yeah, that's not speculative. Which is a crazy amount of money, which is probably I more know. than Carlson would demand. And and if I have to ask you right now, would you rather have John Tavares or Eric Carlson long term? What what would you choose right now? I mean, I would rather have defense long term and I think Carlson is younger. No, they're like the same age. Same age. This is about the same age. Couture and Carlson and yeah. Tavares are similar age, right? But I would also choose Carlson. And that wasn't yeah. a problem for Sharks fans last year because we wanted that big center. But keeping mm. keeping Carlson, it's a much more viable opportunity at this point. I would go for that. And that's probably not going to hurt you very much down the road if the cap continues to rise. So Yeah, I just think the marginal benefit of... Shout out to our best friend Jordan in economics. But the marginal benefit... I don't even know these definitions anymore. You don't really... Oh, man. The marginal the, the <laughs> marginal cost of adding Eric Carlson, does it exceed the marginal benefit? If so, then you should not do it. If it doesn't, then you should do it because there's more benefit than cost. The marginal benefit of signing another franchise defenseman, A, is like they never come around, so you never can do it. We have the opportunity to do it. I think it does fundamentally shift our team to be unlike any other team in the league, the way our roster would be built. Correct, yeah. I worry about our offense, our offensive depth, but then our defensive depth would help it, mm -hmm. right? And we only saw a healthy Carlson for like six weeks after he was integrated with the team. He was healthy before then, 
but he just yeah just like wasn't clicking he was out of sync with everyone once mm-hmm. he got in sync he was healthy for six weeks and it was amazing yeah and then everyone started going down with injury and then eric carlson wasn't and probably still isn't healthy mm-hmm. from like was it like mid-february or something like that i think it was january when his initial injury was yeah i mean it was brutal so um but in that time he was amazing but like 80% of the year we saw a disappoint not disappointing, but just like disappointing relative to the hype. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to say, yeah, I don't want him on our team. I would want him on our team. I worry about putting that much money to like one area, but I think defense is the most important area because you can get young forward. It's easier to score than to be a good defenseman, mm-hmm. I think. So I would rather have, People like you, you can get a Timo Meyer, right? He's going to be, he was on his like $900,000 contract for three seasons and he was contributing at the NHL level, mm-hmm. right? We can pull someone up. We can pull up a Dylan Gambrell. He scored his first goal. Maybe next season he gets like 10 goals or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you don't know, but you can get goals from forwards a lot cheaper mm-hmm. because the league, and I'll just say this and I'll, I'll let you go, but the league is moving towards outscoring not out defending. And my perspective is you're never going to have a perfect game. You're always going to make mistakes. And the way teams are built is they will capitalize on those mistakes and force those mistakes and just score more. So why not put more effort into scoring instead of minimizing what's impossible to remove from the game, which is mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you have Vlasic where he's going to play his perfect game and he's going to do it really well, but he's still not perfect. He's still going to make coverage mistakes. Mm-hmm. Everyone at the NHL, level is really good yeah you know and so in that part of me says go ahead and sign carlson but then the other side is like 88 ish million dollars is a lot mm-hmm. well a couple things i, I kind of want to address some of the things you said i pretty much agree everything that you said uh in terms of that question of marginal benefit versus marginal cost we should hit the question of what would be the cost and i think a lot mm-hmm. of people on social mm-hmm. media are saying well, the cost is how are you going to manage that under the cap? Yeah. Clearly, you're going to have to make sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you brought up something interesting in our personal conversation the other day that this team and organization probably cannot handle Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski leaving, leaving in the yeah. same year. Mm-hmm. Now, can you handle one of them leaving? I would hate that. I, right? Yeah, I mean, it would but be like is it, is it something that you could maybe swallow with long swallow long term? Uh, probably, but here's the thing we, we were also discussing, uh, and I have more to say about the Carlson thing itself, but Mm -hmm. this is just a little bit of a side tangent. We were talking about how Thornton may take a a greatly reduced contract and you could still fit Pavelski. But the point I want to make is you're going to make sacrifices right now. I look back at this playoff run and we had purportedly, purportedly uh you know the depth was our strength again right but did our depth really come through for us in the end no it didn't right so if you're willing to maybe let donskoy go Mm -hmm. let some of those other guys that are going to eat away at the cap a little bit and 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 take some risks on some younger players this might be the year to do that to establish your your new core if you can resign carlson now carlson i think I, i agree with what you say but if you look at a few years down the road and you relied on some trades for some solid wingers or, or, or solid centermen that can maybe add a few goals here and there, but the team isn't succeeding as it can, and you can look back and, and say, wow, did we really 
remember when we had Eric Carlson and we could have been this team like no other in the league that yeah. had two Norris Trophy winners and arguably a th- the best defensive defenseman in the league? Like, are we? I don't want to be in that situation a few years from now where we look back and think, man. We let Carlson go now. Now I know yeah. that's out of the organize. That's out of the organization's power to some extent. What mm-hmm. he wants to do, but I think that should be like priority A mm-hmm. moving forward. Yeah, yeah. You can always trade him. Yeah, too. Like mm-hmm. he's like he's twenty six to twenty eight. I think he's twenty eight, but he's, very he's young. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like twenty. He's younger than Burns. He's younger than Burns. Easily younger than Bruce. four or so five like years three younger. years into this contract, whatever. If we do sign him, whatever we sign him, and it's like not working out, we just trade him. He's yeah. still going to be a Norris person, you An know. Absolutely obviously, high, high value player. Yeah. Yeah. The worry is like he obviously anytime you sign a long contract with big money, you worry about the player is going to decrease in quality. But this is a world class player mm-hmm. that would be almost unprecedented. It w- it would have to take. A, a really a career ending type injury to really but hurt then it the goes team. on IR a la Chris Pronger I think yeah something like that yeah. right but then they go on IR and then it's not against the cap yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I mean you still pay them but then you get the their exact AAV mm-hmm. on the contract uh extra cap space yeah so yeah I think that I I, the... I just my, my point was like these worries about the cap it's mm-hmm. like y- you make this decision because it's the best thing that you can do for the future of your team. You go for this hard and you deal with the consequences. And mm-hmm. really, is it going to be as bad as Chicago's situation? No, it can't be because they signed Taze and Kane for like $10 million per year like 10 years ago. No, uh, no that's then... not that's not true. I don't know those numbers exactly. but Yeah, but we have Burns at 8x8 eight eight, and then we have Vlasic at 8x8. Eight eight. We have Couture eight by six, eight by eight, seven. I think he's making at least something seven. like that. Yeah. Kane seven by seven. Like, I it's mean, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Like, you can't say we're not heading that way. But all of we those players, except maybe Kane, I would be for sure happy about happening. Having you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and mean, Kane has been good, except he was really disappointed in these playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that was. We can talk about that later. Yeah, that we, was we should talk about that later. But I think the whole thing with Carlson is if you do, like, we want to have as many assets as possible to help your team win. Mm-hmm. You can move assets for different values at different times, and that's going to be great. If, you know, we sign and then all of a sudden the team falls apart, Burns demands a trade or something like that, you know, it's just not going well. Mm-hmm. We trade Carlson. We trade Vlasic and get like two first round picks or something like that. Yeah. You know, you can get out you can get a lottery pick for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything you have asset wise will just help you in the future. If it's not working out, you have that value to to leverage. Mm-hmm. However, I think if we lose Carlson, we already it's not like our playstyle is gonna change, right? We have Burns there. Mm-hmm. He scored 83 points this season, the first time it's been done in 25 years. Mm-hmm. A Burns for Norris. Yes. <laughs> B, um, like if Carlson leaves, like it will, it won't like detriment our team, right? And then that kind of like nine to eleven million dollars we are slotting towards him is just going to go to other players, yeah, right? Other forwards mm-hmm. in reality. And personally, you saw what our team was like when we had a lot of depth on our forwards and the same defensive core, right? It was pretty good. But I would go for a game-changing style. Mm-hmm. Carlson is the future of the NHL. He's been playing that way for a while. Fast breaks, breakouts, stretch passes, offense, full, offensive-minded. 
and I'll talk a little bit about this later, my vision of why NHL refing in the future will change. But I just think it would be sad to see him go because it's a big asset leaving our grasp. And you can always trade him if it doesn't work. People mm-hmm. say those are untradeable contracts. But if you said, who would trade for Patrick Kane? Every team in the NHL. No, right? what It's I was, like you have these yeah. huge contracts. If they're like world-class players, right. every team is once in on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happened to Eric Carlson. I, my point was, was saying I wasn't, the I wasn't saying about your point. Making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't specifically saying it's your point. I'm just saying in general. Mm-hmm. Like, so... A, I want him to stay. B, if he doesn't stay, I don't think it will be a huge... It will be sad. We'll have swung and missed. We'll have given away assets. I think if we don't sign him, a pick lowers. Mm-hmm. So we don't... You know, it's not as expensive for us or something like that. You just hope he doesn't sign somewhere in the Eastern Conference. But, you you know, if he doesn't stay here, then he probably will. Mm-hmm. And then that pick goes back up to, like, a first or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um. But then we have eleven, you know, nine to eleven million dollars to sign elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But then, does that mean that Joe Thornton, if he was okay with a two million dollar contract, now gets a four? You know, that's what I don't. I don't want us to waste that money. Yeah, right? I feel like it might be best spent with Carlson because then we'll have to be frugal on players we might have the opportunity to be frugal with. Yeah, we recording a couple days after a lot of the other podcasts have gone or news articles have broken and stuff. Right after the po- uh, the exit interviews with the locker room cleanouts and stuff, we've seen Carlson, you know, say thank you, say it was a good thing. Basically, give the exact same comments as Kane did. Kane ended up signing. Mm-hmm. Carlson may not, but don't read into those comments because he's a stoic person, and just because he doesn't respond how you would respond doesn't mean he's like thinking of leaving. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, but he's really seen- hard to read. He's just super yeah, hard to people read are- this whole year that he's been here. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. Everyone is saying because he's hard to read and he has been that consistently for the whole year and A in general, they're taking it as he's leaving. Yeah. But we've seen Thornton say, I'm a shark. I'm not going to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You saw, what was the calculus he used for last year in order to re-sign? He said, my health and if I thought I could still play. Mm -hmm. In the same interview, he said, I'm an OM healthy. It's the best I've felt since coming off my two injuries. And he said he knows he can play because he scored 51 points in 72 games. Yeah. So I see him coming back. Mm-hmm. And then we also had Pavelski, who's the other big UFA that we think might leave. And he said the same thing. He said, I'm, I'm a shark. I want to stay. I'm, I'm confident we can get something done. To yeah. me, that seems take a little bit off the top for the team. And that would just fit in line with Pavelski. Right. Because he's never really been paid top money for what he's been able to. He's yeah, been like one of the best hasn't. goal scorers over the past 10 yeah. years. In one sense, Pavelski has earned a higher contract, but at yeah. the same time, you see all these instances of players taking discounts or willing to take discounts for the team over the year. And he There's always has. Marlowe and Thor in particular, but mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, the Carlson being signed to a high contract, should that happen? That's absolutely a wave I'm willing to ride. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like I said, that's the best way to strengthen your team and strengthen your core for the future. Um, like you said, you'll be sad. I think, I think I would be really disappointed because I think the way that affects the future of the team in the next few years, it's, uh, it's like, we'll have to go to plan B, you know? Yeah. And, uh, um, plan B is, is not a bad plan. Plan B is not terrible. Like you said, there's definitely stuff we could do with that cap room, yeah, but it would leave, it would just, it's not as exciting. It would just really bum me out for 
and I'll look back on this year like fondly. Like I remember when we had Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah. So that that would just be very sad. I think. Um, I think. Well, it, we we really <laughs> addressed that topic a little bit. Didn't we? I, if we sign Carlson, I think it could squeeze out Melker. You know, Melker has a two million dollar contract for the fourth line. Right. That's a lot of money. But that's what I'm saying. Like those Donskoy or Melker or yeah. or even even Sorensen. I mean, he's yeah. probably like. Those players, like, yeah, yeah, you were. It's like those young players that you view as promising or solid, dependable guys. But ultimately, if you have to think about, like, you, those guys can be this is terrible. But no, <laughs> like, you really them. like yeah. those guys as the players, right? But they're replaceable, and we have young guys. It's not like we have the best prospect pool, but I think our prospect pool has probably been. Better. surprising yeah. right yeah for, yeah surprising for, is a good word su- su- positively surprising over the last few years with how how mm. competitive the team has remained but still being able to maintain getting good players right so mm. you could probably have guys fill fill into the lineup there's going to be a learning curve yeah. but i mean look at the blues like we'll get into this about how i feel about them advancing like kudos to them for having a great system and everything but it's not like their depth players are amazing on paper but they have a system that works like if you have a mm-hmm. good coach you have a team that gels well together the depth can work for you right if the system's working yeah. the sharks were so we're gonna get into this they were so banged up at the end but their their system was it was <laughs> almost impacting right yeah, yeah. um so the, replacing those depth guys for young mm-hmm. players who are p- getting paid what what's the minimum contract 700 900 Five, five, 500 no it's like 725 yeah that's like 600 that's easy like against that. the cap and yeah. that'll be maybe for a year or two until you yeah. ride things out and see th- things play out but you have eric carlson and brent yeah, burns we on have, the blue line exactly we have uh auntie suamela yeah people totally was, forgot about him people for thought he was this, a flight right? risk oh, and gosh. then he just said excited for next year in an instagram post today or yesterday so he's coming hopefully back. he grew a lot with the barracuda I think yeah he played pretty we well have with uh uh sasha chemilevsky people are really people are hyped about him, about him yeah. and they should be and he did really well in the hl wasn't there another european player that was uh that we brought up Ivan like Chekovic? yeah yeah i think so yeah, Radil is in there. Why can't we have Radil on the fourth line and kick out Melker? Melker is great. Love mm-hmm. Melker, but Melker's two million dollar contract for a fourth line player is more than he should have gotten. And, I mean, and, before and that he being got said, pushed like, down, all the best to Melker Carlson. Hopefully, yeah. he finds its spots somewhere if he does. He will. Right? He's he's a solid player. Yeah. But that's kind of the. To me, we will find a way to fit Thornton. Thornton, he has the money. He knows that the the Sharks are a great team to win the cup. He just wants to win a cup now. Mm-hmm. And play hockey. He loves playing hockey, and but he only wants to do it for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. And he knows that the Sharks are in cap trouble. And if he says the only reason I want to, I only want to play for the Sharks, he had his opportunity to leave like Marlowe did and go to Toronto or elsewhere, and he didn't. And he made that choice for that point in the time and in the future. Mm-hmm. He's not leaving. And if he only wants to play hockey because he loves the game, and he only wants to play for the Sharks, that means he knows he's not going to get the most money, right? And if he's not going to get the most money, to him. Why not take one million? Yeah, people. A lot of people have him slotted at three point two five, but if you went up to Joe Thornton and said, "If you take three point two five, we can only offer Pavelski six, and he is not going lower than seven. Mm-hmm. what will he say? I will take two. <laughs> like 
give it to give it to Pavelski. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's an interesting question. And also, about... he's only going to be here for like one more year or maybe two. Yeah, Pavelski's going to sign like a two-year contract, a three-year contract, or something like that. And Joe Thornton's only going to sign one-year deals. Yeah, keeping us at the most elastic to the cap. We're the most flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, like the people who are going to be cap casualties are going to be at the Don Square, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Melker Carlson, like you said. Sorensen. Sor- like, potentially a Sorensen. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, we could trade him out for a, for a pick and then have Chekovich or Chemerovsky. Does he need to be on the team anymore? Probably yeah. not. No, exactly. Like we can <laughs> recoup some draft picks and stuff. Yeah. You know, we can package Ryan with, with a Melker or something like that and then get a, a solid young fourth line player with the talent or something. Yeah. Like also, uh, Timo Meyer said he's open to a bridge deal. He did? They, su- they said uh, Doug Wilson in the exit interviews was saying, we've been talking with Timo's agent about a bridge deal. Timo knows the situation and he's receptive to it or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, is Timo open to a bridge deal two, three years at like four million? Like that eases everyone instead of him going eight by seven or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? This, this whole, this whole, uh, arena of, of players factoring in like I want to play here mm-hmm. how much money do I want how much money money am I willing to sacrifice to be with a winning team to stay with the team that I that I want it man we can speculate but yeah. it'd be really interesting to be a fly on the wall with some of those <laughs> negotiations yeah I mean every player is probably different in their priorities but mm-hmm. I mean we could say easily that oh yeah Thornton will just take like one million but like Maybe. Who knows? He does care more about the money to have. Like, I'm not going below like 2.5 or or whatever. You yeah, know? maybe so, maybe it could be. I've been a Hall of Fame player. Mm-hmm. I deserve respect, and I don't feel respected by 1.2 yeah. millions. I need, but at, at the least same two. time, it's like you see him, and you're like, what you see outwardly is he's yeah. this big team guy. He wants to win. He wants to be uh-huh. part of this organization and wear this crest or whatever. Yeah. So, you said 20 years. Did, a lot of money <laughs> a side note on thornton i mean yeah. people people said occasionally here and there that he was throwing uh sorry that he was fatiguing throughout the playoffs but yeah. i mean i overall i thought he was pretty consistent i think he was centering a third line like if he had better line mates again he probably could have been a bit more productive than he was in the playoffs you i know? mean you saw that lebank came into the season with great fitness uh-huh. a really high fitness level it's the story that's written every single story, every single training camp. This player looks like in the best shape of their life, except for LeBanc showed that even through the end of the season, he was still sticking with it yeah. and playing the body. Thornton said his health felt good all year long, except for when he got the leg infection at the beginning of the year. And he said he pulled his groin on the first shift of the St. Louis series when mm-hmm. people were starting to critique him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we heard DeBoer say that Sorensen's fitness level just like wasn't there. It wasn't high enough. He said he's a small guy. He ran out of power. He ran out of juice after 16, 17 games. Mm-hmm. And if you are getting forechecked to death by the Blues and your groin is pulled and Joe Thornton and one of your teammates can't keep up, LeBanc can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, I would say Thornton's probably not as uh, his execution is not where it was, but he still has the capacity to you know go behind the net Mm-hmm. And make players back away yeah. and make that pass, you know? Totally. Um, it's uh, it's like the mistakes that he's making are not necessarily due to... Being behind the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah being behind. It's just like it's just like an accuracy or an execution thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Which may have something to do with fatigue. But 
Anyway, I think he, especially since he was still recovering for part of this year, right? So if he goes into this next year, he'll have a full year of being healthy without issues, right? And they might manage his minutes if they bring him back. So yeah, I was people have been talking about doing like a Mike Fisher thing where he like skips the first thirty games. Mm -hmm. Like Joe Thornton scoring fifty one points in seventy two games. Yeah, he does not need that. Mm -hmm. But what about if let's say he plays fifteen minutes a night? What about giving him thirteen? Yeah. Or, you know, only playing him on, you know, giving him 30 seconds less in power play. Mm-hmm. Or not having him play on back-to-back nights. Mm-hmm. What, there's like 10 to 15 back-to-back games throughout the whole season? Yeah. That can, you know, that's, that's 10 rest, games. Yeah. That's that's a, a playoff series and a half. I, I kind of want to change gears here mm-hmm. because I want to focus back onto this final series against the Blues. Um it was it was definitely a tough series. I think for me personally, I, I was a bit more removed from it just because of a a trip that I was gone for last weekend. So I missed um, games three and games four, and didn't really get to see game five very completely. But um, it, it was one of those things where you you see game one and you see a re-energized. Sharks that uh, my thought was this team is is regaining some of the health that they didn't have at the beginning of the playoffs. And boy, oh boy, did they come out hard in game one, right? That was exciting, right? Oh, man. I said, hey, if we're going to get another game or two, I'm going to get excited, right? Yeah, we're going to have to start making Stanley Cup tickets plans. I know, right? Uh, What could have been? Honestly, probably a good thing for your overall health and well-being. To not see those sad, disappointing games <laughs> know, right? that were highly stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it seemed to... Uh, it, it went a little steadily downhill, and then it just plummeted out, out of, after a certain point, right? So, we... Uh, I mean, you should probably describe the yeah. nuance of game games three. <laughs> Nuances yeah, I mean, is the word we want to use, right? Exactly. Like you, like you said, game one... I think there was an extra, like one day extra of rest that the Sharks got after completing the series. No, they were one day less than St. Louis. St. Louis, no, did their... not not relative to St. Louis, but it's every other day. Oh right, there was they like had two, two days, days of rest. Of rest. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis had also gone seven. They just played the day before, so St. Louis got an extra day of rest. But the Sharks got an extra day of rest. They looked uh, good in game one. They looked healthy. The Blues started to goon it up, and we're like, if you want to play this way, like feel free. We'll just like sidestep you around with skill and beat you. Mm-hmm. Um, little did we know that Eric Carlson's groin was in very poor, poor shape. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. And we can kind of get into coaching decisions, right? If you know Eric Carlson's groin is bad, why are you giving him 27 minutes a night? But then why not play him? If he says he can play, he knows playing for him is 27 minutes. Why play Eric Carlson for 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's, yeah. Uh, uh, a 60 or, you know, like a 70% Eric Carlson is still better than a Tim Heed. Right. Or or whatever. So, and, and Tim Heed, you know, and, and Yoakam Ryan are very good replacement level solid 6D, 6th, 7th D, but they're not game changers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and it was, as we saw, um, they kept on playing that way. Game two, it was a, it was a good game by them. Good response game. Sharks definitely still in it. Game three looked good. Um, 
Well, game game three looked good and bad. Game three looked bad. It looked started off okay, and then suddenly you found yourself in like we are being shut down by the Blues, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was. I think that was a game where we tied with a minute left. Yeah, that was I, I wouldn't yeah. say, and because I watched this game recently yeah. because I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't say I felt like we were being shut down by the Blues. I think that game was. It, it tilted back and forth. I would say mm-hmm. overall, the Blues had m- more going for them. They right? showed something they hadn't shown in game two, one and one two. And, two. Yeah. and and that was when I was thinking, oh, this is not going well. Because the Sharks were still, they, the Sharks scored, you could say they scored at least four legitimate goals, right? And and they were getting chances too. The Blues mm-hmm. had had that extra spark of energy that I haven't seen. So you, yeah. there, there's that doubt of oh, bl- the Blues have come to play now, mm-hmm. and they're they're showing more than the egregious turnovers they were making in games yeah. one and even yeah. two when when they gave up two goals in a minute yeah. or almost two minutes, right? Yeah. So the Sharks, yeah. and we saw Sharks the Shark system at the good health they entered the good, not good health but better health they entered the. The series with games one and two, we saw them have the ability to win both games. They drastically won the first game, and we were forcing the Blues to do things that they did not want to do. Petrangelo, okay, first off, every single time anyone yells at DeBoer for saying, why do you always have right-handed defensemen playing the right side, left-handed defensemen playing the left side, why don't you ever allow, why do you stick with the handedness so much, why does it matter so much? Did you see almost every single turnover at the point that Petrangelo gave up? What are you referring to exactly? He's the wrong... I believe he's he's the the wrong wrong handedness. Uh, And if if not, it doesn't matter if he's facing the wrong way and is the correct handedness but like was facing backwards or something to retrieve it. Uh The fact that you have to stick the stick on the wall to stop the puck from going, pull it all across about your body to get onto the forehand, or... You don't have enough time, so you have to receive it on your stick backhand and then quickly shovel it back with a lot less accuracy. Yeah. That's a second. Yeah. And if you're being accelerated at, skated at... Oh, Siri. If you're being yelled at, like, if you're being accelerated at extremely fast, like, you can close down a meter in one second, right? And all of a sudden, your shooting lane is gone. Their stick is right there, and you shot into their stick, and that's a turnover at the top of the blue line with no one in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, exa- that is exactly why we don't do that, is because we saw how lethal these turnovers could be right there. Mm-hmm. And Hannonis buys you a second of time. Mm-hmm. That's why Burns is so good at getting the point off, the shots off in the point right there. Yeah, he's not able he's, to get that quick release off. Yeah, he, yeah. his release Otherwise. is like, it's like, like four-tenths of a second or something like that. Yeah. But we saw the Blues, their system... Uh, took some time to adjust to ours. We saw what we could force the other teams into. We saw the other teams throughout the whole series, the Turi's two series, give up turnovers on our style of play. Mm-hmm. And they they started to open things up for themselves with with they started playing a lot faster and pressing up. I wouldn't say that maybe at that game we were overwhelmed by their forecheck quite a bit, mm-hmm. but they had still, even from games one, you said they were trying to goon it up. Of course, they were going for these hard hits and everything, yeah. but I think that started to take its toll probably yep. at this point in the series, yep. even though we weren't being very overwhelmed. 
And um, I haven't seen all I think of... it took its toll, not necessarily on the whole team, but definitely on Carlson. Carlson, but also... Yeah. Most notably Yeah, I mean, well, because I want to say, like, I haven't seen all of Game 4, but I've seen the first um, period and a half or a little bit more. And um, in that instance, like, again, you still see the Sharks getting chances, but you can see the difference in... Mm-hmm. Period 2 is a little bit different. The Sharks put on more of a push then, but that first period... It, it, you know, teams are playing at home. They get this extra energy, but the way they're forechecking was just they're in their zone. They're going after the putt carrier. Right. And then they're swarming in their own defensive zone Mm -hmm. was out in a a perimeter around their net. So how many times did, did we try and like retrieve the puck and and then our forwards just shoot into legs or shoot into a block right away because they're, they have two, three guys around the putt carrier and then they're, their uh their wingers or their centers ready to probably their wingers are ready to spring out of the zone right yeah. and um it's it's something that the sharks the sharks are also very capable of a forecheck but when they were so yeah they're starting to be battered so much by the blues and the and the blues are a bigger team there's no way around it right yeah they're a bigger heavier team when they should be battered at least they're defensemen for sure yeah all of them yeah that fatigue over these last yeah. few series and um the <laughs> the injuries which were still there and maybe when the background started to, to flare up and that mm-hmm. that all came to a head in game five yeah. and um i mean we haven't even addressed the controversy in game three yeah so yeah so. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think what ha- what started to happen is Barube had a really good adjustment, and they started forechecking really hard at the Sharks' breakout. They would rim it around to the person at kind of the dot, top of the circles, who would retrieve it off the boards and then make the next pass for support. The center would be going straight. They'd be looking for someone. But the Blues defenseman would come down almost to the goal line at times and pressure that first person. Mm-hmm. To force them to make a pass earlier without having the time they thought they had. And then they would have someone else coming at the first blue line mm-hmm. at their breakout. And then they would have someone, another person coming, and then another person coming. So that, you know, you slowly get one pass from one side, a support pass to the middle, another pass to the other blue line as we wait. They would have their person, they would have someone on you right away. And then on the weak side that isn't receiving the puck, they could drop back so that they would be first to get to the puck that would be dumped in. And then they have the breakout. Mm-hmm. And it was suffocating. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they were motivated after Timo's hand pass that mm-hmm. shouldn't have counted. They blew coverage to make that missed call into something that was a controversy. If they had just missed the call and the play did nothing, like no one would really care. But uh, Jaden Swartz skated like 25 feet across Carlson, who had just been sitting there, across Nyquist, who retrieved the buck uncontested, and then ended up trying to like half-check Timo Meyer, who was already on his knees and covered by like two people. Mm-hmm. And then Timo swats at the puck, it goes across, Nyquist gets it, sees that no one is there, he gets uncontested, passes it to Carlson, Carlson scores. Mm-hmm. And then... Up until that point, power plays had been even, more or less. They were relatively even. Mm. After that call, that Some was missed like... missed headshots. But... Yeah, there, okay. Missed headshots that the NHL took a look at, the Barbashev hit. I'm uh, not talking about game five. I'm talking about game one. No, no. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the headshots, they said they looked at the one at Braun, the first one against Braun. 
was it mm. Sunquist or something? Anyways, they looked Blaze. at one, and yeah. then they... Blaze, yes, it was the Blaze hit. They said they looked at it real long and hard, but then didn't do anything. And it's like, well, at least you looked at it. That's what, like, Friedman said or something like that. Elliot Friedman. And then you just get more headshots. Mm-hmm. And then this... And that just don't go called, which, unfortunately, in this time, now is almost expected. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate because Carlson and Thornton got called for almost exactly the same plays and got suspended for it in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Well, for Carlson, Thornton, Carlson yeah. not. But it was a two-game suspension, which becomes a one-game suspension in the playoffs. Yeah. But you have this hand pass scored, and then all of a sudden after that, the refs knew immediately that they made the ground call, but no one saw it, so they couldn't review it. Yeah. St. Louis was pissed out of their mind. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to leave the ice. The Sharks left the ice, but the ref couldn't do anything, so they just left. And then after that, the Sharks got four power plays. Yeah. And then after that, it was 14 power plays for the Blues. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. That was unfair. Yeah. It was The game was called unfairly and actually ended in dangerous situations for the Sharks. Well, and, and it, we should say, yeah, it was definitely unfair for the Blues for that hand pass to be allowed. Totally. Totally. But, but, but it does not equate free headshots. Yeah. And it it's so annoying. I mean, I've been listening to some of these, what is it, the Sportsnet guys or oh whatever, the, their, their, their major podcasts, and they're saying, like, really, Sharks? You're, you're complaining about uh player safety it's like uh that's an idiotic statement in itself to complain about player safety uh, you should always look out for your players and yeah. always complain about that if that's if that's a concern so yes regardless of the situation and uh so what's your point in the, about complaining about penalties so so we're just supposed to expect nothing to be called against St. Louis the rest of the series uh that's ridiculous um yeah like a, a missed trip you, call you, you does miss, not equate a headshot. Yeah, you miss a hand pass, so now you don't get a single power play. <laughs> That's absurd, yeah. right? But you don't get... You're going to get uh, 75% less calls for you relative to the other team, right? They need to have yeah. a, the advantage in, in the remaining games of the series, right? Yeah, they didn't want to like gift the Sharks a season, except for the Sharks aren't forcing the refs yeah. to do this. The refs are making it wrong. Yeah. And also, the whole like offside call against Colorado... Was 100% the right call. <laughs> I know, and then like, everyone's like, this controversy, the, the rule is wrong. It's like, no, the rule is right. If you don't yeah. like the rule, change the rule. I understand what people are upset about the Vegas call. And we talked about this, right? We talked about it. If, yeah. if You can strongly make the argument that a ref makes a judgment call based on the severity of what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And again, we're biased more towards the player safety issue, right? If a direct action of a player leads to a direct their, illegal action, a, an illegal action leading to an opposing player and serious injury, regardless of a hook, regardless of a slash, regardless of a cross check, regardless of boarding, regardless of uh, interference, whatever it is, that should have the capacity to be called as a major penalty. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, it was. Now, was the letter of the law followed correctly? No, it wasn't, right? The rule book wasn't like that. Was the spirit of the law enforced? Yes. 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 I mean, I'm not sure how familiar people are with that idea of the spirit of the law on our podcast. But I feel like the rules are there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. If, if it's there to protect people to some extent, then I feel like that Vegas call was correct, right? Based on what happened. Yeah, it was kind of fluky. 
But if you take an action, regardless of what it is, whether you mean to or not, however malicious your intent, and it leads to somebody being seriously injured. I mean, this is literally in the rule book for certain plays. Mm -hmm. if, a, if a player is high sticked and it draws blood, that's a four minute Four minute major. Yeah, right? which is this? No, four minute minor. Four minute minor. Double sorry, minor. Four minute minor. And yeah. that's the stupidest thing. That it's is like, well, it's stupid. like it. No, no, the rule is right. It's yeah. the stupidest argument when they're like, uh, um, but the the rule that people don't make rulings on the on the result of the injury, the yeah. injury that results from the call. It's like actually, you're 100 percent wrong. Right. So, yeah. sorry, I'm I'm confusing myself a little bit. So. Now, if you destroy somebody's mouth and take them out of the game from a high stick, you can call a five-minute major. But the rule as it is is saying there is an extra level of injury there that warrants a second minor penalty, right? So, yeah, I don't know. It's I feel If like, you're going to yeah. do something illegal and it ends in a severe injury for someone... You should be called for a more severe penalty. Yeah, correct. I don't care That's if it's the sharks. Point. If Vegas did that to the sharks, and the sharks like high stick the guy, and it like cut his cheek open, mm -hmm. it should be a five minute major. Yeah, like I don't care what team it is. Like you are playing with knives on your feet and weapons <laughs> in your hands at yeah. thirty miles an hour. Like this is a very dangerous game. We yeah. only have to look back like once every year to see some freak injury happen because of the game that's being played. Yeah. And and then and that's not and even, then the more yeah. fluky thing was Vegas giving up four goals in four minutes on one major penalty, which had only happened once in eight thousand four hundred forty six times before that. <laughs> so excuse me, Vegas, you failed yourself. And then you tied it. And then you tied it. And then you lost in overtime. And then you're like, oh, the refs gave him the series. We want an apology. The Thanks, Jonathan Marchessault, the most salty player in the NHL. <laughs> The, the sheer enormity of that stat of just like, yeah. this has happened once in every 8,000 something major penalties that have ever, ever yeah, been. Yeah, over 100 years. Over 100 years, And people. you're saying that like, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah. that's our position, people, about the major penalties. If it's Always safety. Regardless of the action, you need a bias. Refs should be allowed to make the judgment call mm. in that situation. They follow the spirit of the law. They're not the letter of the law. Anyway. You know what rule they should change? Not the offside rule. They should change <laughs> it so that check to the head penalty can be more than two minutes. Yeah. The way it's written. Yes, the way it's written, you literally cannot. It cannot be more than two minutes. Yeah. Which is stupid. That is stupid. So all of that to say, the refs make the call. They make the wrong call. The hand pass. That galvanizes the Blues. Yeah. After that, the Sharks scored um, the final two, two, two games. We scored two goals in ten uh, versus ten games. to them. Yeah, it was brutal, and we got shut down. I, and also, what was it? Game five, we got like four players taken out. Yeah, attrition for sure. Pavelski got hit by Petrangelo, which initially was fine. The initial hit bent his knee and reaggravated his knee injury that he had had. But then Petrangelo throws an elbow to his head. Yeah, that was bad. Right, Barbashev clean clocks. Pavel's or a uh, hurdle. Yeah. And then the next day, I'm pretty sure, no, that was blaze after that said, Oh, I didn't think I got uh, on the brawn brawn in game. the first time in game. But then I watched yeah. the review and I did get him. Mm -hmm. And then Petrangelo's like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Pavelski. I don't know what the rest were talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. And it's like, uh, you know exactly what you did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we lose Pavelski. We lose hurdle. We lose Carlson who was playing on like a single fiber of a groin. <laughs> Whatever that means. 
Yeah, it's like he's playing with duct tape. <laughs> not, not quite how groins are, but yeah, um, it was bad. There was no hope. the The other team was outplaying us because yeah. of our attrition to injury. If we saw the first, the first three games, mm-hmm. right? Maybe in the first two games, the Sharks, when they were at a, a more full capacity, were the better team. Mm-hmm. They were more the they were more skilled team. However, that's not how the playoffs work. Yeah, the Blues were good enough to suffocate us. They did an amazing job suffocating us, and then we hate them because they played dirty. And then the refs, unfortunately, decided to finally take a stand against their own mistakes and penalize the Sharks for their own mistakes. I I think going back and seeing some of these other games, like Game 3 and Game 4, sorry, yeah, Game 3 and Game 4, there's just that element of hockey being hockey, too, and bounces not really going your way being Game of Interest, because... I watched Game Four, and yeah, the Sharks only scored one goal, but even even in that first period when the Blues were, uh, they they ended up scoring two goals, right? I mean, they had mm-hmm. some missed chances too, but the Sharks yeah. had some pretty near goals. I mean, Wasn't you big... look you look at Burns with who has an amazing shot, right? And there was a couple chances where if our guys had shot just a little bit more accurately they would have scored on Bennington. I mean, and then, yeah. then there was other instances where Bennington made like some solid saves, right? Yeah, he's good. Um, you, you look at hockey just being hockey, like on another day, if they're a little bit more accurate, that that could change the complexion of the game and give the Sharks some energy, right? So just mm-hmm. that, that just happens right in every series and every game to some extent, yeah. the way the bounces go. But also, I think something that you could look at on the bigger picture of how we were getting stifled is i mean the sharks are getting chances but something that you could see as a theme is that they weren't able to sustain pressure in the offensive zone oh my god they were getting Ugh. they were getting brutalized by the blues forecheck like i've mentioned before mm-hmm. it, which is contributing to wearing them down and and like we've already kind of mentioned with with some dirty hits and such affecting injuries that were already there from some of our key players or, or creating injuries and then at the same time um our system like couldn't get going because it's just you're pounded, pounded, pounded in your defensive zone. And mm-hmm. then when you get things going on offense, like you've been sitting in your own zone, right? So your players have maybe been playing partly a defensive shift or whatever it is. Like the ice is tilted the other way. So you have to do like, and somebody said that one of our players said it was like uh, the burn burn said it was like an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get your, your own game going unless you have some momentum built mm-hmm. and they had maybe a couple stretches of some extended offensive zone time. But, but, and that's the thing where the, the lack of power plays called, uh, that's the thing that I mentioned to you. Like when, when the, sh- when the officials decided to, uh, I don't know if it was a conscious decision or whatever, but when, when there's such a skew in calls for those last remaining games, the sharks don't really have that, that, usually normal opportunity to get back into games to grab some momentum back with the power play because they were just so barren right there there was such little opportunity for them to do that Mm -hmm. um throughout the rest of the series when there there's already those other factors that we talked about and then you don't even get a, a man advantage that you should get every once in a while um because the officiating has changed because of bad officiating earlier yeah. Um, so there were, I think there was multiple things working against the team. Did they, did they probably still put in a lot of effort? Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm not, I don't think we're 
disappointed in this team that they didn't really work hard or they just they worked hard they definitely worked hard and they they showed that like they screwed up at times in this series and in this year but they always pushed back and fought mm-hmm. back they won two series with that mindset and that ability right in but they amazing just, fashion yeah this has been a postseason to remember definitely yeah. but that last that last series it was just too much yeah. working mm-hmm. to stamp the sharks down and they couldn't they couldn't push back. So Yeah, some of it out of their control, a lot of it in their control. I think you made yeah. a great point. Like if you don't get those power plays that we so 14 power plays for the Blues. Mm-hmm. 5 sorry, it was 5 for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. 5 for the Sharks. If you watch the games, you know that's not what reality was. Mm-hmm. Right? There are games where that is reality. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, pairs of four, what, 19 calls in one game is too much for one game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two games. That is reality. It was not reality for this series. Mm-hmm. That was not evenly called. That was not fairly called. Mm-hmm. So you don't even get. So you have 28 minutes across the remaining three games, or two games, was it? Five, four, five, six. Yeah, mm-hmm. three games where. Um, 28 minutes where you are designed not to score, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? You cannot score. You are down by, not that you cannot, you will, you likely will not score. You're down by one, mm-hmm. one player. Not only do you not get power plays that give you a chance to break the opponent's momentum just by the fact that now they must focus on defense and not trying to score, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get the breathing room. Even if your power play fails, you may not score. You may not have a good power play, Yeah, but you are... You have a breathing. You have breathing room. Yeah. You have a chance to get your legs back. You get different people on the ice. Some you're not getting get forechecked in your defense. Yeah. Zone, you're not. Like you're, crazy, you're not receiving right? hits. Yeah. Honestly, it's two minutes of no hits. Yeah. Right. So that's that's frustrating. The power play was playing poorly, but uh, if it was more even, you got nine chances. The power play was going at twenty percent, like eighteen percent. Mm-hmm. That's maybe one goal. So who knows? But I think you made a great point. I, I really like your analysis. I think it's spot on. The Sharks just, uh, they just ran out of health. And and game five, yeah. game five was the, the reverse, the reverse pinnacle <laughs> for the, I don't know. It, it was the point where it all fell apart. Fell apart. I mean, yeah. game one, uh, sorry, that first period, the first 10 minutes, they get that boost of energy. They're back at home. Kane hits it off the post or whatnot, uh, right? They, they have some in. of that energy. Mm-hmm. And then what happens, right? Um, man, I can't even remember. They, they, it's, Carlson, all, it's all done. Carlson, who's potentially, you know, that first maybe domino to fall. He gets maybe injured, at the, re-injured, re-aggravated to an extent where it affects him more at the end of game four. Mm-hmm. He has a bad turnover. He screens Jones. They get a goal. Second goal, Jones makes a mistake. Who, by the way, he let in goals, but he also made some amazing saves in games three and four mm-hmm. to keep them in it, like in, in both those games. Uh, and it's 2-0, right? Okay, the Sharks have come back from that before. It'll definitely be an uphill climb. They could probably maybe do this, right? Period two comes around. Hurdle gets taken out, or, or that was the end of period one. Oh, Pavelski yeah. gets re-injured. Uh... Three of your top guys... Donskoy gets a puck to the face. Donskoy gets a puck to the face. So like we had Haley four gets, or five. Kane gets kicked out. 
at some fighting. point. Yeah. The, so we oh had my four gosh. or five guys at some point. But but early on, like the end of yeah. the first, beginning of the second, when when it's two zero, and then and then Tarasenko gets that penalty shot, and it's three zero, and then they get a four. Then some of that power play stuff comes into play, mm-hmm. where they get a double minor in their favor. Mm-hmm. We're on the we're on the penalty kill for four minutes. You're just so depleted roster wise, and you have to kill yeah, a penalty for uh-huh, four minutes straight. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's just like things were so bad for the yeah. team at that point, right? Yeah. Um, it's it was just a crumbling point, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think we the just Blues the sadness of it. it all, yeah, right? it's just sad again. <laughs> you know, man. <sighs> like, if the Sharks were healthy, do I think they could have beaten the Blues? Yes. Yeah. Was that actually ever going to happen? For Eric Carlson, no. Eric Carlson could not last the rest of the playoffs. It doesn't matter if you're playing the Blues. It doesn't matter if you're playing Dallas. He didn't do anything out of the ordinary. He just took hits. There was no one hit. There was no... You know, there was no whatever. Yeah, like if I we're playing, know. if we're playing Dallas, maybe they don't throw headshots like that. I and just, other teams I just, don't go I down. just don't know. Like people were saying, he was just on the bench for the end of yeah. game four. I don't. Yeah. I haven't been. I haven't seen that. Right. I don't know what. Maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe it was in the in the point of tra- trying to transition. It, I, that's one thing I noticed: his ability to transition from forward to back skating. He just didn't do it sometimes. Yeah, cause because he couldn't. He couldn't. He, yeah, <laughs> right. And that's what and I'm saying. Maybe like, it was an overall load thing or something particular that aggravated it. But something happened, mm-hmm. game four to game five, right? Where he yeah, he, he was, was done. He was like done. he couldn't he couldn't perform. Right. And I mean, they, game five he could go forward. But he couldn't he go, go back. back right? Yeah, and at that, and then that's where you have to start questioning DeBoer a bit, mm-hmm. right? But then also DeBoer has to play his best players, and they've all talked about in the post game interviews. They only had the information they had at the time. Mm-hmm. The information they had at the time, what Eric Carlson was feeling at the time, they all feel like they made the right decision, mm-hmm. right? In retrospect, do they now know it was the wrong decision? Yes, but now they have twenty twenty, and even at the locker room cleanout. Eric Carlson to still not know exactly what his issue is. Yeah. They said they still don't really know what was going on. And you kind of alluded to that too. Mm-hmm. When we, maybe it was a personal conversation we had not on the podcast about there were multiple injuries to his groin. They still, and they, they openly said they, you know, they didn't really know exactly what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, DeBoer has to play his best players. We would lose differently with having you know come ryan mm-hmm. there you know we would lose differently while having tim heed there but eric carlson was you know he, he was done his groin could not handle any more hockey he tried and tried and tried and he was valiant and it just didn't end up working mm-hmm. if we had beaten the blues would he had played in the final no maybe they would have rested him for like five games mm-hmm. And maybe he comes for game six or something like that, if we make it that far. Mm-hmm. But with everyone else being so... Pavelski took a hit, and it wasn't the elbow, right? He just took a hit that aggravated his knee. He was mm-hmm. out. He said he couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Hurdle took a concussion. That can happen to anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, Braun took a couple of hits to the head. Don Scully <laughs> he got hit in the all. teeth. Pavelski, yeah. yeah, Pavelski was like... he. Both DeBoer... And Doug Wilson said he was a car crash victim. Mm-hmm. That's what he looked like. That's what he was playing through. Couture in his locker room cleanup video, he said it was 
ridiculous. I'm uh, not directly quoting, but he said it was like insane what the actual injuries other people had on the team. He said he was playing with, you know, something like, you know, he lost some teeth in the Vegas series and stuff. Yeah, yeah. His mouth looked a little beat up, but you saw what, and he was just in awe of what other people were playing. If we had beaten the Blues, we would have gone to the Stanley Cup final and been embarrassed. Mm. The Bruins swept the Carolina Hurricanes, and they've been off for like a week. Yeah. Right? Even if they had a concussion for one of their players, a week, if it's a mild concussion, is enough for them to come back. Mm -hmm. It's still not even game one of the Stanley Cup final. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Or... Tomorrow it starts, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, so I, it's just like, you know, to, and that's kind of what makes me feel okay. If we had lost and we weren't unhealthy, I would have I would have been disappointed. But yeah, the health thing just, you know, it's just the Blues were at that point in time a great team that had the ability to take care of a dilapidated, injured. They were, it was like African Safari. Sharks already got a chunk taken out of their leg. They're trying to run along, but they're in the, they're at the back of the herd. It was an easy kill. It was an easy kill. It was a bit of a fight for first three games, and after that, it was just like they only have three legs. I, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I agree with you in the overall sentiment of how it ended up. Like, I don't even if we had somehow. Game I think. Six, I think my point is this. Yeah. If, if you gave a seven game series, if this was series one. Yeah. Of the playoffs. Fully healthy Sharks, fully healthy Blues. Who wins? Sharks. Yeah. And I think most of the NHL. Probably, yeah. I think most teams would agree with that. I think what the Blues did that the Sharks couldn't ever really recover from, and maybe because it was just due to the tear that they had, but then also the Blues defensemen are huge. Mm -hmm. And the Sharks could not get inside lanes anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the Sharks' offense almost requires that. We need tips. Mm-hmm. That's how our our defense, our amazing defense, is linked to our offense. We tip, we generate a secondary, uh, you know, a bad save that has a rebound, and then we have a secondary scoring chance. Mm -hmm. But if we're boxed out of a tipping area, we can't tip, mm -hmm. or we can tip, but we can't get to the thing that goes in or mm -hmm. the, the second chance. And Bennington played really well, but a lot of games he he had less, he didn't have a ton of shots. Mm -hmm. You know, he was playing well, he's making saves when needed. That's great for him. But he yeah, no, wasn't no facing like testing. forty shots yeah. a night all the time. Yeah. No, I. What I was gonna say is I agree with. Sorry you to in, interrupt. No, it's good. I agree with you in the overall sentiment of you know where we were at health wise. Like we probably wouldn't really have stood much of a chance against the Bruins. I just. I think. Really, I think anyone. I think that hinge game of Game Five, like mm -hmm. that's the difference of what happened to us in Game Five. Really, kind of made that apparent that man even if we make it out of this mm -hmm. series somehow we're not going to make a chance but i think if if somehow those players were able to stay healthy enough to keep playing and recoup a little bit before the cup final which what they would have had more than a couple days rest a few days rest then we would still be at the disadvantage against the bruins exactly. but it would still be it wouldn't be necessarily a long shot it would be like an you battle. got the it would be an uphill battle, but yeah. you you could it could it could it could potentially happen more easily, right? Third, you have a thirty percent, forty percent chance versus there. But they have Marshan sixty to seventy percent. Yeah, and they're and gonna so all they're super nerdy. nerdy. <laughs> 
They're gonna murder you on the ice. Chara's right? like, I'm yeah, six yeah. nine. It's not my fault that my elbow that I put in your face was there. It's like you're tall. You yeah. don't need be to responsible your for your body space. Yeah, I was anyway. not. I was not. We already every time we played the blue play, played, played the Bruins this season. Oh. Rage. Nothing controversy every time. <laughs> Rage, yeah. I do not want to be a part of a Stanley Cup final of that. My heart, I literally would have lost years off. Of oh my gosh, life. it would have been stressful. Yeah, but I anyway. think after Game Five, you saw how depleted the Sharks were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every Sharks fan knew going into Game Six, it, it is hope. extremely it hope. unlikely <laughs> yeah, that yeah. we will win this game. Do we have the ability to do it within us? Yes. Yeah. Is it going to happen? Likely not. Yeah. So I think it made the losses a little bit easier to take because it really was put in terms of injuries. Yeah. It, it's it's really disappointing in that sense. And I will say, you know, at the conclusion of the series, like, is it like, oh, good luck, Blues. Like, you beat us. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> that, that's the thing. If they had just played, like... Oh my gosh! Hey, you, because yeah. they demonstrated two things. They demonstrated uh, good coaching, a good system, good forechecking, right? Mm-hmm. And they played hard. They played motivated. They were galvanized after something that went against them. So that's that's on one hand. But on the other hand, it's like from game one, you were making dirty hits, and you continued yeah. to make dirty plays that were eventually successful. Yeah. In in, in tipping our players ball. over the yeah. edge and injuring us, right? Mm-hmm. Like you and you got away with stuff like that. With we shot, we talk about player safety stuff already, but they got away with things that we think absolutely players should have been suspended. I think yeah. Barbashev should have gone suspended. Blaze should have got suspended twice. I yeah, ah, uh. and I think uh, Perron. Uh, no, no, is, it wasn't is, blazed twice. It was per, it was Perron. There was something. There was a there was a boarding hey, type Perron. hit against yeah. Carlson oh, early yeah, in game maybe one. That maybe that was it. Yeah. That that people aren't talking about much, but I'm pretty sure he hit him in the head against the boards. Right there, were, there was some stuff in that series that they definitely got away with. Yeah, blind eye for sure. That uh, contributed to that ability to wear us down. Some of their wearing us down was clean. But a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it wasn't. So I will am say, I gonna say like, hey, blues, like go go and win your first Stanley Cup? It's like No, uh, more failure. You are acting like you just people are making it seem like, well, the sharks really lucky and the con finally caught up to them, but it's like uh no, we got <laughs> a, legal, with a, a lot of plays, yeah, yeah. and those things weren't really our fault. Yeah, the the only thing I could say you could hard say we got lucky for was that hand pass, and yeah. like we said, did we I would take that hand pass. Did back. we long term end up lucky because of that? <laughs> yeah, I <didn't> know. No. <laughs> right, so the Blues yeah. got away with crap that's ridiculous. That yeah. they're very dirty, and they're playing another team that is renowned legal. As being extremely dirty. Which is sad. It's like replace Blues and Sharks with any other series. And player safety is like, mm, blind eyes. Yeah. They just, and that's what's the most frustrating thing. But um, there, when you think about how we got outcoached, mm-hmm. did Brube make adjustments that we just could not counter? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I think all of... And it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this, but the Sharks play... A fast style of game. We close in on our forecheck fast. We finish our hits. We play really strong along the boards. Mm-hmm. All of this requires health. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so simple as an out, but you looked how we played in game one. Mm-hmm. We played really well. You looked how we played against the Vegas series and the, the 
the Colorado series and the games we're winning in those. Mm. We're able to establish a very effective style of play, which is physical. It requires mm-hmm. physical exertion more than other maybe sit back or passive tape teams. Mm-hmm. We are a very immediate pressure team. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get into the neutral zone, we're already pressuring you. We're forechecking you hard. We're playing you low. We have two men in on you getting the puck. We're hitting you. We're breaking out fast. We're sprinting through the neutral zone. Like it is it is a fast paced game that plays hard by the Sharks. And Peter Peter DeBoer requires it. And all we have to do is play our style of game. And it is better than any other style of game I've seen in the NHL. Mm -hmm. When we are at the top of our game, does a rush-based offense beat us? No. Mm -hmm. We saw that with Davalanche. Mm -hmm. With Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Is it better... Is Vegas' style better than... who, Who actually has the same style of play but a very unique way of turning things over faster. Mm-hmm. Are we better than them this series? Yes. Are we yeah, better they're, than they're, the Blues? They're the, we're the most vulnerable to Vegas style. Yeah. Because well, somehow they, they Vegas get style everything is to like work a for them. specific <laughs> flavor of this rush stuff. <laughs> it's so And I think it goes annoying. beyond... Yeah. yeah, I mean, but basically I'm saying when the Sharks are playing 100% their full system, yeah. We're, that is the best system the Sharks can play. So when you're asking DeBoer to make adjustments, maybe minor adjustments here or there, but we still want to play our game, mm-hmm. but it requires health, and we just didn't have it. Yeah. So no matter what adjustments he asked for, it's not like it was going to make a, an enormous difference. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, it it was what it was, and it, it's sad that it happened that way. Mm-hmm. But I think it, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a... You hate it and you love it. Sorry, you hate it. Yeah, you hate it and love it because it's like this team when they're 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 on their game. They're mm-hmm. they're they seem like unstoppable. But at the same time, if it's not working, it's like, well, can you adjust? And then it's like, well, no. Sometimes you can't adjust. <laughs> you can't, and then yeah. you lose. Right? It's like if your player has <laughs> yeah. a broken ankle, it doesn't matter if you skate skate to the right or skate up the boards for this certain type of forecheck, like they're still going to do it slow yeah. and they're not going to be able to push as hard or cut as hard. Yeah. You know? So, and that's what's, and, and, and that's sad. Like health goes a long way. And But, but I, you know, on top of that, I will say that the whole year and even the playoffs, mm-hmm. there were so many different highs and lows and, and yeah. different looks. I mean, they were saying in the locker cleanout, you could divide the, the season into three or four different storylines of, yeah. That tough first stretch and then being on fire like the best team in the league for a few weeks and then really having a tough end of the season. But even that, even each individual playoff series had its own mm-hmm. deal to it. I mean, I, I look at the Vegas series and that was just like, I, I don't oh. even know how to describe that. That was just crazy, right? Yeah. And, and then it's going to happen every year. But game, I, I will say game, uh, sorry, series two against the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. I thought the Sharks defensive play was some of the best defensive play I've seen all mm-hmm. year. When we got like, Vlasic back, oh, McKinnon they, was in the pocket. They, I mean, McKinnon still got some goals. He still had some goals, but, but here and there. But the the team defense, I thought in the in uh, the semi the conference semifinals was mm-hmm. really good. And then that yeah. slipped. That slipped again in game mm-hmm. in uh, in the Blues series. Yeah. For some reason, I mean, we've been talking a lot about um, the Sharks system, and we're talking about a lot of the way they go offensively, but. Mm-hmm. 
maybe it was a blaze four check, but but even just the gaps on D, I mean, they they weren't mm-hmm. as tight as they were in the previous series, and maybe fatigue had to play a factor. I mean, with it, that especially too. with Carlson, like you're saying, if he can't yeah. backskate, that like he can't play his gaps like he needs to. Yeah, and he was, I think he was probably better defensively in 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 uh, the second series, right? Yeah, he probably was healthier. He he reached a peak of feeling good but without regressing so yeah it's uh it's definitely disappointing um it's not i like, don't think it's disappointing I, it's sad it's sad. disappointing sorry sorry that's what i meant means it's, they underachieved and i think we're yeah. not thinking the sharks like choked this year mm-hmm. or anything at all right it's it's if you make the western conference final unless you get like reverse swept or something or yeah. you scored a bunch of own goals or something like that like <laughs> yeah it's not a failure <laughs> yeah you know, they it takes worked. a lot to go right to make the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. And we saw, unfortunately, man, what was it the past like. <sighs> what years? What are you talking about? We go to the Stanley Cup final in 15, 16. 16, yeah. The next season, Edmonton, we. Thornton is on. Destroyed by. No injuries. knee. Yeah. Couture with no Couture mouth. Couture with no mouth. <laughs> right. And then the season after that, it was uh, similar. Vegas. I mean, we swept Anaheim. Yeah, we swept in, but Anaheim, that was the, when they imploded. Yeah. Baby was born yeah. in the Anaheim series. Mm-hmm. was great. She mm-hmm. was born during the... Game not during, but four? Whilst, Game three? She was in process of being born when we, like, totally swept them out with yeah. like, a huge store. Shout out to my wife and that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Uh, and then game and then Vegas. and then Vegas, you, you know, Thornton was still out the whole time. Yeah, right. And then this year, still uh, health. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It feels like the Sharks have lost a lot to injury. And somebody even said that in the locker clean. It's like, yeah, you look back at twenty six. I think Pavelski said you look back at twenty sixteen, and he's like, it's really the team's not that different. How how healthy. We we were right. I know it, it takes that to get there. Yeah. I and you I know? considering this. I mean, I think Carlson is very aware. Like you heard him say, like this was the closest I've ever felt. I mean, he he was yeah, one game he, away from the Cup final, which yeah, is but he surprising said, that he said that. Yeah, but. but it wasn't literal. I am close to the Stanley Cup final. It was. I feel like I have the greatest ability. To yeah. win here. And to me, Carlson, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to make money? Or are you trying to win this Stanley Cup? Because you said it yourself. You can do both here. You can do both here. Yeah. No, I mean, but I hope he realizes, like, I hope that feeling sticks with him. Like, this group has the capability and will have mm-hmm. the capability for the next few years. Like this team yeah, doesn't like stop. All this the most important pieces are locked in. Yeah. yeah. This team does not talk to Doug Wilson. Tell, ask him about the last 15 years. How many times did we miss the playoffs? One year in the past 15, because we were ultimately super discouraged from getting reverse swept <laughs> the year before. Right. But I mean, and that's when he like completely reshaped the team and it's been really successful since then. Yeah. This might be one of Doug Wilson's most important yeah, uh, and then what was yeah. it like Don Sweeney of the Bruins is like yeah, trying to get. Ridiculous. He's like he made like two minor trades. Yeah, I don't understand. And that. then he's like, "You're the GM of the year candidate." It's like, can we just operate on facts <laughs> instead of yeah. whoever's in this Stanley Cup final plus one other team? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like <sighs> making these. Yeah. Like, why wasn't Yarmo? Was Yarmo Kukalainen in there? Because he should have been. He's like, I'm gonna put all. 
I want to like go just like go all in. I'm going to bet everything. If it doesn't work, like our players were leaving anyways, and they said we couldn't trade them, so we had nothing to do. Wait, is this the blue? Uh, the, the blue jackets, jackets GM, yeah. yeah, and he just loaded up, and it, you know, what? it got them their first Stanley Cup playoffs series victory. Good for them. Yeah, but uh, I just think, man, could you imagine if we played Dallas? How different would that? Yeah, be? I mean, what if, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, right? The year of the upset or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, for the first year, for the first round. Oh man! But like, yeah, if we play Calgary. I mean, dude, they're soft. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we could beat them. I, can you remember at the end of the Winnipeg, season? Winnipeg, they're beatable too. How I was like... I don't want to talk The about Sharks... Yeah, but the Sharks... <laughs> <laughs> the Sharks did, like... If you take everything in consideration, like, the way we were worried at the red, end of the regular season and what they ended up achieving and yeah. falling, which we could say... Martin to injuries. Jones! Oh, gosh. Martin Jones. Wow, what a turnaround. So whenever anyone says, (laughs) no one can turn it around in the playoffs, (laughs) we just saw the impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I will never take that from anyone that says, and I'm not imitating a specific person. I'm just making a funny voice. But, like, if they say, like, no one can just do that, it's like, Martin Jones did it in front of the national media's eyes, and yeah. he went from crap goalie in one game mm-hmm. to very good goalie the next, and mm-hmm. to then a 58-save game the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, really glad we have Martin Jones as our starter. Yeah. Arundel, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's money off the cap. You know, an Arundel gone, a Carlson gone. Yeah, like, what, let's have, replace the money that's easy to like, replace. Bebo or... Bebo uh, or Cornish. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they're great. Yeah. So, so it's it's stuff like it's it's little money moves like that and just like coming to Joe Thornton with open arms and be like, buddy. <laughs> Do you want to win the cup? Buddy, five hundred thousand a year. <laughs> <laughs> a handshake? Is that good enough for yeah. you? Yeah. So, you know We'll let you have a silver jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you another mammoth tusk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can bring your beard as long as he wants. Yeah. So like and, and also I think going back to the Carlson thing. You see Burns's like um, demeanor, and he's like, "Yeah, I just like love playing game sevens. Like, <laughs> it's like, dude, and he, he's talking about how yeah. it is the fun and fun to play and stuff like this. It's like he just like really likes playing the game. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really <laughs> think he's like a diva. Like, he's like his own guy. Does he care about like being the most like yeah, prestigious person on the team? Like, I don't think so. Stuff, really, yeah, yeah. So like, let's have Carlson and Burns together. And yeah. I think I think the contracts will work them out. I think people real. I think the team realizes this is special. If they didn't realize it before Vegas Game Seven, they do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, where this... where does Carlson have a better chance to win the Stanley Cup than San Jose? If we could repeat the season with the same roster, maybe uh-huh. change into the fourth line or whatever. Yeah, you know, people are saying like if Tam- you repeated with the same roster and they were healthy. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, and people are saying Tampa, but Tampa would have to got swept. restructure a lot. Yeah, they would have and... to train away like half their team to fit someone. And I think people need to realize, like, we have Doug Wilson has a month to sweet talk Carlson and like yeah. convince him hard, like. Yeah, and we also saw how hard it was for Carlson to integrate with another team. Yeah. Does he want to do that again? Mm-hmm. Like. Also, just historically, how many times have we seen a mega trade? Each player is an individual. Mm-hmm. That's being said. 
how many times have we seen a mega trade happen mm. where the player has a say? It was the beginning of the season. Carlson had to like say yes to this deal and then mm-hmm. go ahead and do it, mm-hmm. right? And then leave after one year. This isn't a trade deadline deal, right? This mm-hmm. is a I will tr- I will yes I want to move here. I have a say. Let's give it a go. Let's try a season and then say no after one after struggling all year long. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. I'm sure that he wants to prove to San Jose, Mm -hmm. right? Does he want to show them what they're really worth? Maybe he ends up with like a five-year contract or a three-year contract or something like that. Maybe he doesn't go eight by eight. Will he? Yes, because it's in his best interest to get the maximum money since these contracts are fully guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Who knows? But does he have, does he himself say he has the best opportunity to win here? Mm -hmm. Yes. What does he want to do? Well, we'll and know we in have a about the money. Four days. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I honestly, we only heard good signs about locker room cleanout. Yeah. Right. We heard good signs from Thornton. We heard good signs from Pravelski. We heard good signs from Timo via are Doug you, Wilson. Are you good signs or good times? Good signs for like our contract, <laughs> you know, crap situation yeah, yeah, yeah. that is looming. And I also think, well, so the thing is, Carlson's a free agent, so someone's going to give him eleven million. Yeah. Like, Arizona is going to be, like, <laughs> 13 <laughs> or yeah, something, yeah, like, yeah. insane. And then, you know, that's up to him if he wants to play there. But uh, we have an extra year to work with, mm-hmm. you know? That comes out to a, a lot of different... Wait, A-A-B. can other teams only sign him for seven? Yes. No. Yes, yes. You can only sign a... You, the current team you're on can only sign you to an eight-year contract. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you have to have, like, their ownership rights at the trade deadline or something or previous before the deadline. Yeah. That's... So only we can give him, that was the same thing with John Tavares and the Islanders. Mm-hmm. They're like, we can give you eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, but my pajamas. <laughs> so <laughs> we all know Carlson <laughs> wore sharks pajamas back in Sweden. So what? Oh, for sure. We can doctor up a photo. <laughs> I can maybe find someone to make that happen. Oh man. That's so I'll hack his Instagram and put it on there. <laughs> Hashtag the decision. <laughs> I won't. I will not do uh, that. Dude. Yeah. No. So I, 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 I see, I, personally, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. Maybe we shouldn't sign Carlson. Now I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You, He's were, an you ass- were like going off the road and just in round two. Well, I was I like, mean, dude, like, come on. <laughs> I lost sight. I lost sight of, you know, we saw when you see a player for such an extended period of time. <laughs> you were lost, but now you found your way. <laughs> yes, I found my way. The prodigal son has returned. <laughs> you 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 see someone for a, a whole season, and then you're like, okay, I now have a full body of work mm-hmm. to look at. And then when you look at it, it's like, is this guy worth eleven million in his current state? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I wouldn't want to get no eleven. <laughs> yeah, but but he's a free agent, so you yeah. have to. It's not just what what you were offering, you have to balance with whatever some crazy team is like, 12! <laughs> I'll get them 12! <laughs> and you're like, 15 you're like million you, you just had to be quiet! Just stop! <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can't control the crazy teams with the bad GMs. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. um... <laughs> I mean, just like, need we look at Edmonton. percent of the league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, and the bad yeah. GMs, the one guy who, like, concussed Connor McDavid and, like, broke his collarbone, the GM's like, let's trade for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, played, like, ten games and then was, like, scratched. I'm sure Connor never even, like, looked at him in the locker room. Yeah. But, all that being said, <laughs> you look so at, bad. we had Carlson for 82 games. The first 20 were a wash when he was trying to integrate. We had, like, another, like, 15 games where he was healthy. And then literally the entire rest of the season, 
was he was good enough to play yeah. or not play, but then crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of health, and and when you start basing your your assumptions on a, a hurt player, but then you see him hurt for long enough, it feels like well, you he must not be hurt, or it must be just minor or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, this is a major injury, and I am willing to give him one more go, mm-hmm. and that means resigning him. <laughs> and then one more also, go for eight years. But you can trade a contract. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's yeah, yeah. like, these contracts are untradeable. It's like, well, if they're elite, truly globally elite players, yeah. then you can trade them. Are you going to be able to trade your like Brent Seabrook contract? No. Should Brent Seabrook ever have got that contract? No. <laughs> but will someone trade <laughs> he for was, Drew? He was good, but, but better before. Yeah, but he, would ne- he was never what he was. He was never Norris he- guy. Was he? I don't, I don't know, but so. he's not like Drew Doughty. Would the Kings are going to have to trade someone big and start a rebuild or something like that mm-hmm. soon, right? They're talking about quick. Any and lots of people want quick. Would you want Drew Doughty? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like okay, even if it doesn't work out, we can trade him. Mm-hmm. You know, but to me, the opportunity to construct a roster such as no one else before, I've at con- least in the recent memory. You. Yes, I'll say yes. You have convinced me. And then I think also, like, replacement forwards are a little bit cheaper and easier to find. Yeah. So, and then, you know, she makes healthy, you know. I think we can take a little bit more hits on We could do a one-to-one trade with Toronto, Carlson or Tavares, in three years if the Leafs keep on screwing things up. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, we should probably wrap it up. I know we talked a lot about Carlson after all. And, uh, as you can see listeners, that's one of our, uh, top priorities. So, uh, it's been good chatting. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts? Once again, sad about the season, but not disappointed. We Mm -hmm. made it to the Western conference finals. If you get that far past that, you need luck. And we didn't have the right kind of luck. Mm Mm-hmm. We had the worst kind of luck about health, but mm-hmm. we were really lucky with some calls. Great. Maybe the ref should be better. Yeah. Whatever. Rule changes, fine. But In, Oh, oh, you know don't. what I you know what I did say earlier that yeah. I said I would talk about? I think the ref the refing of the game will change to call more. Mm-hmm. Because the NHL wants to market its young stars. Mm-hmm. And you see Toronto. Just get hammered. Like, you want Austin Matthews to succeed. You want Mitch Marner to succeed. You want... I mean, I don't want Johnny DeGuerre to succeed because he's soft. (laughs) And I don't like him. But you want all these, like, high-skilled young players go. And they're marketing them as these young, fast, slippery players. Right? But you don't... um, But then, once you go to the playoffs, you, you... ref it in such a way that they are not able to succeed in the way you want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. So how the refs call the game and how the NHL wants to market its game are in combat with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think the game will move more towards how the NHL wants to provide its brand and its image. Mm -hmm. So I think the refing will slowly start to go to that with a couple years. And that plays into a Carlson type player. Yeah, That plays into a Burns type player. That plays into we're not going to out-defend you, we're going to outscore you. And who doesn't want to watch games that end 5-6 instead of 1-0? Yeah. You know? And hopefully our power play gets better. Also, fire whoever's <laughs> in charge of the power play. That's the only coaching change I want. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm not sure if we're going to we're gonna have to do another uh, follow-up podcast unless... Uh, do you feel like you need to talk about the refs? Um, Player safety, first and foremost, get that right. 
fire George Peros. He's an idiot. Oh, Change, seriously. Get a board of people there instead of like a... Absolutely. That department get a medical is, professional in there. That department is garbage and needs to be completely overhauled. And also just like make a rubric instead of interpreting every single hit. Like make something that defines it by the letter of law. Mm-hmm. And until we can prove that that doesn't work, we need to try it. Because mm-hmm. like, George Peros is like, well, when I punched him in the face, he didn't get a concussion. So since this guy got hit in the back <laughs> yeah, of the yeah, head yeah. with a skate, it should be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. George um, Peros out. Yeah, that's that's one of the worst things for the league and its players. And also, the, like, yeah. the, the, the history of that position being goons. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But I don't, I don't, I think we kind of addressed it somewhat already. Yeah, I don't really I don't feel we need it. To. I Originally, think we had planned doing a couple. We, we might do we... a podcast in the middle of the summer if, if it's like, yay, Carlson's still here, or like, dang it, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? if Carlson so. resigns, it'll be a short one. If Carlson yeah. doesn't sign, it will be. We'll be like, oh. so <laughs> yeah. we're saying July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks for listening. We appreciate anybody who's listening that's a real person and yeah. not just a bot. We paid for our bots and we got all <laughs> 10 of them firing for us. Yeah. Really appreciate that botnet. Uh, if you want to <clears throat> follow us on Twitter, where we will be silent over the next few weeks, yeah, uh, take a break. And so I'm we're gonna not even going to say it, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to sign off and uh, hope everybody has a good summer and we're mm-hmm. looking forward to the shark season. Next year, after good summer of rest. Yeah. Hags. Hags. Go Go Sharks. Go Sharks.